I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The sound you are listening to is the KMA Astra Spurt Junction Gate Field Effect Phaser. Fasten your seatbelt and get lost in the wide, warm and soft soundscapes generated by this pedal. The Astra Spurt is KMA's take on the classic four-stage JFET-based phaser. The addition of a signal control allows you to lightly drive the effect. The Spurt control gives you access to all the vintage phaser speeds right up to warp speed, fast vibrato-style tones. The switchable emphasis mode gives you access to a range of fuzzy, out-of-this-world phaser sounds in conjunction with four dip switches and three rotary controls inside the pedal. The Astrispa is everything you need from a phaser, plus a world of extra spacey sounds. Now available worldwide from your favourite online retailer, or visit kma-machines.com. Welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, and I'm joined this week by the wonderful Jay Cross. Go! Matthew Knight. Go! And Mark Packham. Go! impressive mark well done i tell you what i I hadn't even breathed in i wasn't ready to do that (laughs) that was good you got a good set of lungs on you i really 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 miss football i really miss football it's just it's so good man it's so good and there's just nothing on i I tell you what i miss football so much i came really close to finding a a fifa tournament to watch on youtube because i was just like (laughs) i just need to watch i need to watch something have you not got have you not got fifa can you not just do player computer versus computer (laughs) yeah demo mode i probably could to be honest with you i probably could do i hate to say it lads i'm missing professional wrestling so much i've been doing that on fire yes yes the rock versus the rock lining up some dream matches and watching them play out in real time just, wow. just quickly talking of The Rock, and I will post this in the group. I was, um, as with most people at the moment, just tidying up because you don't get much time to just tidy stuff up. And uh, I found an old picture of me aged, I would say, let's go with 11. 
uh, wearing a rock T-shirt. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Probably wow. got my autobiography somewhere there. That is impressive. My sister actually sent me a picture of uh, of me. I must have been like eight or nine uh, in my wrestler outfit uh, the other day, which I was good. I had my. What do you mean? Little... Sorry, stop. What do you mean your wrestler outfit? I had a wrestler outfit that I wore wore around the house. Big boss uh, man. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think I was called um, uh, a Spider Bat Boy because I wore <laughs> I wore Spider Man trousers, a Batman top, and then a cowboy uh, vest. And so I, I would have gone with Spider Man cow if I was honest. Uh, yeah, yeah. As as a child, I probably thought that this sounded better. I had the I had the skills of of all three of those things. I was quick on the draw, like a cowboy. I could uh, I could jump around like Spider Man, and uh, you know I I don't know I guess uh, I was slightly unhinged like Batman. Uh, <laughs> Wrestlers the, uh... often known for using guns like the cowboy. <laughs> uh... Yes, yes, exactly. Anyway, um, just before this... we just before we move off that, like yeah. speaking of speaking of live sport and stuff, have you seen the one sport that is persevering through all of this and has decided has decided that say. it is going to continue showing live sport, the Grand Slam of darts, because all the darts players have got darts boards at home. So they're just live streaming from home. That is brilliant. And then Sky Sports is just going to be commentating on these geezers stood in their spare room playing Not darts. Geezers, Jay. They're, no, okay, uh, not all games are now mixed sport. So, yeah, uh, and, yeah, and quite right, bloody lovely as well. Bloody lovely. Um, I was reading about that, and they are having issues because a lot of them like live in areas where they don't have good enough Wi-Fi to be able to <laughs> put something together to uh, to send out to to Sky to do it. So they're like overcoming those challenges at the moment, which you know I think it's uh, it's for the good of the nation that we have a full Grand Slam of darts. It was, uh, I, I'm all for it. I think it's fantastic. It was a probably a bigger shake-up from when they first banned drinking. Because I remember when they first did it, there was a couple of... Was it Andy Fordham, the Viking? When they banned drinking in when, darts. When mean. they banned drinking. like you When they banned have... darts players from drinking. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they yeah. Basically, you couldn't, ha- you couldn't hold a pint while you were throwing darts. And loads of players were like... Like, started to perform really badly because they got so used to the balance of holding a pint. <laughs> <laughs> And darts, but they were like, oh. So loads of darts players had to like readjust how they played because they couldn't hold a pint. Oh man, there's definitely a wormhole to go down here, like a (laughs) rabbit hole to go down. I just, uh, I just googled um, drinking ban in darts, and the the page that it brings up is split in darts. So what I think happened was one of the. I'm pretty sure this is going to be like an NFL XFL thing. I think it's RIP XFL. I uh yeah I think what happened is the BDO split off from the WDC the World Darts Council I think and yeah I need to read into it but I'm assuming it was all to do with being able to drink and not being able to drink while you play darts I'll I'll read up absolutely brilliant wow fantastic well on the on this week's episode of the Guitarnes podcast other than talking about darts football and wrestling uh, we are also <laughs> going to be talking about guitars, <laughs> amplifiers, and effects pedals. <laughs> um, we're going to be taking some questions, maybe, from the Guitar Nerds Facebook group, <laughs> facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Guitar Nerds Forum. Join that if you aren't already there. Become part of our wonderful community of guitar lovers. 
Um, but also on this week's episode, uh, we're going to be talking about some pedals that we've been checking out. There's a little bit of news, but I've also designed a mini quiz, which is in fact going to span the next three episodes of uh, of this podcast. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be exciting. Um, but before we do any of that, I need to introduce our um, new patrons for this week. We've got two upgrades, two new additions to the ten dollar tier. Uh, this week, uh, Shane M uh, joins us in the ten dollars tier, as does previous Facebook Guitar Nerds Quiz co-winner Joe Puttick uh, in our in our ten dollars tier. So welcome Shane and Joe. Thank you very much for being part of the team. Um, that's people, also- that's people who who aren't commuting at the moment. Yeah. Spending, their, spending their train fare, <laughs> spending their petrol money on us. Thanks very that's, much. That's it. Yeah, thank you, guys. <laughs> thank you. Um, also joining them is uh, Frederick Roos, uh, Stephen Hamilton, and Jason McGrath. So thanks very much. Welcome. Welcome to uh, the, the Patreon side of Guitar Nerds. Have, we got, have you got thank like you for a, joining. a round of applause soundboard or something you can... I mean, I can put one in. Yeah, there it is. Right there. Thanks, Jay. That's a little bit of extra work for me tomorrow when I edit. Wonderful. You know, you you know how I how I like to work. <laughs> um, now, also um, this this week, we are continuing to do our wonderful uh, pink giveaway. So we've teamed up with Tate Effects, Marcus Deluxe pedal boards, uh, Ashdown amplification, and Bright Onion pedals um, to bring you a big pink giveaway. Um, the winner of the competition receives a, uh, a custom pink Tate FX Antares overdrive, um, a guitar nerds, pink Marcus deluxe, deluxe slatted pedal board, a whole bunch of pink accessories from Ernie ball cables, wristbands and Ernie ball pint glass, and even a selection of guitar nerds, gravity picks. You'll also really receive a custom pink Tolex Ashdown Rootmaster. Uh, single 15 cabinet um, and a an ABY switcher, um, a pink ABY switcher made by Bright Onion Pedals with a Guitar Neds logo on it. So a whole bunch of pink stuff, which is pretty cool. Um, and all you've got to do to enter, entry is open worldwide. Oh, God. <laughs> Not looking forward to the cost of that <laughs> <No>. cab. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's... it's um, <laughs> I've said oh, it. Oh, no, so. no, sorry, no, it's, uh, it's got a UK plug. It can, that can only, yeah, that, that passive cabinet can only be, can, it's got a UK plug, I'm afraid, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so we're, we're, we're praying that our Australian audience is <laughs> small. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, all you've got to do to enter is, uh, is visit any one of our social media channels, find the entry post, and comment on that post, tagging a friend who you think should also enter. We're going to announce the winner on Wednesday the 6th of May, so you've got until the 4th of May to enter, oh, which is pretty exciting. Um, before you jump into anything else, I just wanted to bring up a topic of conversation that came up in the uh, Facebook group this week. And uh-huh. I actually thought it was quite interesting. And I answered very quickly. And then I've kind of taken a step back and I'm trying to decide whether or not I do agree with myself. So uh, Phil uh, Robles in the group asked a question yesterday saying, since we're all locked on my board, let's argue um, over stuff that doesn't matter. What is the correct way? So what is the- he wants to know what the correct way to describe a cabinet that has got four 12-inch speakers so he, the the, the is, suggestions is it multiple been, choice or the, well the suggestions that have been put forward are do you call it a four by twelve do you call it a four twelve um 
Is that there it? Were, there were some other things, but yeah, do you call it a 4 by 12 or do you call it a 412? A 412 I go for. Mark? Uh, for, I, I use those two interchangeably, I think. Yeah. I would say I, more... Mm, depend, okay, so depends who I'm talking to and in what context. I think if it was in a technical sense... I would say 412. Like, if I was like, oh, you know, we just need to get this Marshall 412 or whatever. But I think if I was just, if I was talking about that to, like, just in general conversation, I'd be like, yeah, Marshall Head and a 4x12. Yeah, Marshall Head and a 41.2. <laughs> Matty, what about you? I think if we were talking on, I'm just thinking about the podcast, I'd probably say just 412. Would I yeah, say see, because I don't know. So, just looking that question has confused me. So, looking at this, both you and me, and incidentally, friend of the podcast Dan Grace, all said four by twelve, and I was immediately like, "Yep, four by twelve. What are you talking about? Absolutely four by 12. And then I started thinking about it a bit more, and actually, I don't think I do say four by twelve. I think I do tend to say four twelve. But then again, with my Ampeg cab, that's absolutely. An eight, oh, is that an 812? Eight it's is an 810. Eight what are you talking about? It's not an 812, Matt. <laughs> it's an 812. 810. 8 by 10. 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 Ampeg 810 cab. No, I wouldn't. I would say no, Ampeg you're 8 right. by yeah. 10 cab. Yeah, Marshall 412. Ampeg Marshall 812 cab. Or no, 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 no. no. There's no so, buy. No, you're right. If you're not saying cab, then you don't put the buy. Yeah, exactly that. I'd so say it's an Ampeg 810. Yeah, Marshall 412 or Marshall 412 cab. Okay. So Does wait. that make sense? Yeah, so, I think so. It's... Wait, so you're interchangeable. <laughs> yeah, so what yeah, are you, definitely. Matt? Are you buy or are you without? <laughs> Um, I'm so confused honestly the more the more I think about it the harder the question becomes Um, uh, my favourite answer on this is uh, someone has said Chris Basden has said Marshall Cab doesn't matter the brand (laughs) (laughs) have you got a Marshall Cab I could use oh no no no, I don't I've got this uh, got this PV yeah 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 That's that's what I said yeah yeah (laughs) yeah. <laughs> great great yeah, that, fine. W- that works for me so um so this this week i've I sent a few things up to up to you matthew knight and it is a what the thing you've checked out is something we've spoken about before but um but you are a far more a connoisseur of effects pedals than i so you've received the the origin effects um revival trim yes i and thought you, you um, are very excited by this i thought it would just be worth just quickly picking up on this again now that i've had a chance to really dive into it and it is possibly one of the greatest things i've ever plugged into um like in, i obviously everyone knows the first pedal that came out was the revival drive the pedal that had 29 onboard controls most people said was like too ridiculous to like dial in so they obviously brought out the revival drive compact which is their mini version with a little bit of you know a scaled back um control set which people have kind of been really like you know digging basically just a really amazing drive pedal because they've they're claiming that they've effectively recreated an amplifier power amp circuit in 
all analog circuitry. So even the way that the valves were, even the way that the um, valves would work is replicated in in like various transistors. Um, and then obviously at, at NAM they released the revival trem which takes that same idea but basically builds upon a uh, builds a 1962 brown-faced fender deluxe so i was thinking great you know i really want to try like a really nice bias trem and then i was like oh well you, you can't you have to have the drive circuit on which is something we discussed you have to turn the the amp circuit on to basically turn the tremolo on and for the first half an hour or hour, didn't even turn the trem on. The drive section alone, which is basically just output tone and drive, is one of the most dynamic, diverse, incredible sounding distortions I've ever plugged into. And it like, it also has, the. it's not just those two settings, there are three presets that you can... Uh... Yeah, there's basically what they call post-drive EQ, which is basically just tailoring it to what sort of amp you're going into because it's obviously an amp in a pedal in, in the sense that they have fully recreated this amp power amp circuit in an analog pedal. You wouldn't necessarily plug that into the front of an amp's preamp, um, so plugging it into, the, into a, a Fender or a Marshall or a Vox or whatever. So the post-drive EQ lets you tailor into the front of an amp or you can plug it straight into a power amp if you want and then just use this. So you could pair this with a Moore Baby Bomb if you wanted to. Um, but as a drive pedal, like as something that takes something like my Morgan PR12, which is actually like a, a Princeton, that I can't really crank to, you know, the level where it start to distort. You can use this to get more than a distortion pedal. It just sounds like a cranked amp and it's as dynamic as a cranked amplifier like honestly i can't describe how amazed i was just plugging it in like it's one of the few you know we we tried more drive pedals than than anything else um and they're also one of the ones that have got like the widest amount of variation and for me there's a couple of sounds i always just go they're the sounds i'd want on a pedal board and i plug this in and i'm just like this just it feels like a it feels like a crank damp. I think that's the thing is you get a lot of Marshall in a box or you know whatever. It's so reactive to your playing. Exactly, like it's such a dynamic drive. But I didn't. I had. I would. The only thing I would say is it takes a little while to dial in the post drive EQ to tailor it into the front of the amp that you're using. And if you're using two amps in stereo, it can be tricky because you're, you know, they're two very different amps that you're running into. But once you've sort of dialed it in, like you basically can't dial in a bad sound with the output yeah. the tone and the drive you it's can have incredible. it just as like a make good run leave it on all the time um you can absolutely crank it and it's just like a real vintage like cranked fender um and then you've got the trem and it's like a proper bias trem it's rich it's authentic it's very touch sensitive um i mean the pedal itself is like weighty it's probably the heaviest pedal i've ever held him it feels like like thor's hammer it's ridiculous I thought the, <laughs> um, the, the the trem was actually incredible because the trem is so dynamic that you can set it so that as you play um as you play softly you get you get a, a lot of that tremolo coming through but if you dig in you can actually play over the Absolutely. tremolo essentially which was um, just amazing yeah because i i well, went so, in sorry sorry stop say that again so if you dig in, you can 
you can get back your your full signal. So, so you, you can, can kind of yes yeah, so overcome it's, it's, the tremolo. It's that right. Dynamic. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Wow. Because okay. a biased trem is obviously physically like pushing and pulling power yeah, the, from yeah. the, the valves. Totally. So yeah, it's 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 really dynamic in that way. I came into it going, I want a really good trem pedal, and I'm just going to have to set the preamp, basically, or or the you know the, the amp section of it, just so it doesn't really sound any different because I just want to use the trem, and then basically came out of it going don't even really want to turn the trim on half the time basically (laughs) it's just so good it's just an amp in a box and what's was really interesting was working out where you run it in a signal chain because you go it's a drive i should run lightest to heaviest gain you know that's the rule of thumb that most people but because it's an amp circuit i thought well actually i'll place it before any delays but after any other drives so actually running like you're running of, it as a preamp you're basically yeah running it as a preamp so i'm running like a fuzz into it and it totally changes the whole dynamic and feel of the fuzz because you're running into this really dynamic like preamp and i mean you know it is expensive i think they're like nearly 400 quid um but one you feel the quality straight out of the box and even though it, you know i'd say it probably took a good 10 15 minutes to dial it in once you've dialed it in you just you never want to turn it off. And yeah. that's and that's why for about the next, I think the next day or so, I just kept te- texting Jay about um, buying a Princeton because I was like, man, if this is what a cranked Princeton sounds like, <laughs> I need to buy a Princeton. <laughs> this thing sounds amazing. Well, actually, like a cranked deluxe. I was like, I need to buy, I just like, I need to buy a Fender amp. Um, yeah, I, I just was really, really blown away. And what's interesting is would have never got that if I had demoed it at NAMM. Because yeah. you, you just, just got to turn, you got to turn it up and feel it and stuff. Yeah, it's you've the just, subtle you, nuances of these things. Yeah, and I think um, what's amazing as well is how differently it reacted to different guitars. You know, because I, I started dialing it in with um, with my telly, and it was you know it's quite bright and quite snappy. And then I plugged in my Music Man. I was like, guys, there's loads more gain. And then I plugged in the Strat and was like. It to- it to- every guitar felt like totally different. The uh, uh, I I uploaded a little video of of uh, demo of this on on the group and on the Instagram listener if you want to check it out. And I used a Les Paul for that. Yeah, I mean running in the Nick Huber, which is it's got the really vintage like Sunbear pickups in it. It's like man, I think the <laughs> the downside to this pedal is there's not enough. There's no presets. It's like so many good sounds in it. I was like. You are literally just going to have to, you know, you're always just going to want to tweak it. I think if, for recording, if you're at home and you're looking for, you know, building a pedal board, you can't have an amp and you just go, look, I just want a really good sounding Fender amp, for example, but I don't want to, I can't, I literally can't turn anything up. I'm running into an interface. This is just hands down one of the best things I've tried. It's brilliant. If uh, Origin Effects ever release a reverb, if they were to do it in an, a single box with this um, this drive and the tremolo, that would be your absolute solution for yeah, going straight th- into a power amp or just you know going straight into a an IR. Yeah, I, I think if you went this into an IR, if you went this into, yeah, like I said, I'd say even like just a Moore Baby Bomb. Because I was thinking, oh, you could go this into like a Strymon Iridium, but the Iridium's already got the amp models in it. And really, what you want is just a really clean power amp yeah. platform to just 
drive to be able to drive a cab basically um but i think unlike other drive i mean there's lots of drive pedals that are dynamic but this feels like plugging into an amp rather than plugging into a distortion pedal um yeah absolutely massively impressed and if that's what they come out with in terms of the trim i'm i'm really keen to try the just the drive and see where it it goes so. yes i will send that to you as well because we do have that and it is a it is a, a little bit more affordable than the revival trem so and it also has more controls on it so uh so potentially there's there's you know yeah. there's but, the ability um, to create even more sounds for me poten- potential gear of the year i think it's brilliant did it come really, out this really year good. it did snap, yes it did, did yeah you? oh did it okay fine yeah i, I mean i think it. it is real potential for gear of the year it's definitely the, one of the things i've been most impressed with well, judging by well. the news over the last couple of weeks it's not going to have that much competition <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think, so it's got a good chance yeah yeah, yeah absolutely so far so good <laughs> Um, Mark Packham. Hello there. You, you want to talk to me about skateboard games. I do. <laughs> I do. The reason being, so I've not played that much guitar this week, uh, just with everything that's going on and stuff, and uh, but actually weirdly being super busy. I'm sure everyone listening is is feeling this. Like, you know, I normally do no phone calls in the evenings, and now I'm doing like 10 every evening to catch up yeah. with people and stuff. So actually sitting down and playing guitar, I haven't had much time. But what I did get a chance to do on the weekend was uh, found a way to play Tony Hawk's 2, the legendary uh, PlayStation 1 skateboarding game, uh, on my telly. Uh, and what's this got to do with guitars, I hear you say. Uh, what's this got to do with guitars? Um, what has this got to do with guitars? Um, the <laughs> soundtrack to Tony Hawk's 2 is one of the best... Uh, uh, curated soundtracks that's ever been uh, in any media ever um and i think it's made me like just want to play like rap rock music like new metal now i think that's what i'm going for so and and then the uh, the upshot of that is i've been watching some stuff today so i was watching limp biscuit live at rock am ring 2001 just before we started the <laughs> podcast and the guitar on that video is the filthiest sounding guitar i think i've ever heard what, it is sounds- it? what was he PRS into it's PRS boogie. into boogie. I think I couldn't actually see the amps that he was using because it's in like. I think he, so, I think he used a dual rec, didn't he? Yeah, I think so as well. But in that particular video, so the stage is like totally dark, and Wes Borland is like completely covered head to toe in silver paint, and he just has a spotlight on him, um, so you can't actually see what the amps are behind him. But yeah, I think it's PRS. But it he sounds PRS did he? I thought he had a signature. Ibanez. Uh, no, he had a signature Yamaha. Yeah, Yamaha. Yeah, um, down the line, but he was always PRS to begin with. Yeah. Joe, it was it was 1999. Who didn't play PRS? Well, sure, <laughs> <And> sure. <laughs> that was literally like the get started kit for most people at that point. It's like here's your PRS and here's your Mesabuki. Totally, totally. And um, yeah, the the guitar tone on that video is like being slapped with a leg of lamb. It's. Uh, <laughs> It's unbelievable how like filthy and like in your face it is. But yeah, uh, so I've been listening to that. I checked out some Anthrax as well because the you know the memorable tune, the big, the most memorable tune from the Tony Hawk soundtrack is Anthrax nice. and Pub- Public Enemy. Uh, bass, how low can you go? Uh, and so I've been that... listening to a b- little bit of Anthrax. The thing about Anthrax, and uh, I never ever listened to them before. Probably the first time ever listening to them outside of playing Tony Hawk's was today. Um, all the stuff on YouTube, I guess, is their singles because it's like all really poppy. Uh, you and have always been my safe home. Was that yeah. then? That was then, wasn't it? Uh, don't know. There was one about Madhouse, which was like 
kind of eighties hair rock. Um, yeah, so I want safe home was the big one. That was right. That was him. But they're uh, they're a thrash band, aren't they? Well, uh, that, but that's what I mean. That's what I was expecting from looking up Anthrax videos on YouTube. Turns out they also did like loads of kind of radio rock stuff. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, I want to dive into that uh, over the next week or so, and I will report back on uh, my odyssey into thrash oh, over the next week. That, I mean, that, it, the, the line-up, like you say, the track listing is just absolutely ridiculous. I mean... Pa- Papa Roach. Papa Roach, uh, Rage Against... Gorilla Radio by Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. I mean, that song is... Um, but I, I think I talked about this recently. I have only... I kind of was never really that into Rage Against the Machine back when this came out, you know, when I was... 13, 14, when people kind of get into Rage Against Machine, I was never really that bothered about it. Um, but I've recently started listening to Battle of Los Angeles again, and that record is so good. It's so good. And uh, Gorilla Radio's on there. Um, but yeah, You by Bad Religion, like one of their best songs. I mean, maybe yeah. their best song. No Cigar by Mill and Colin. May 16th by Lagwagon. I mean, it was a formative time for me. Like, Definitely. some of the songs that come out of this are just absolutely incredible. But I just Googled it to find out, like, uh, just to just to see what was on there because I couldn't really remember. And I've been uh, I've been taken to a article from GameSpot from uh, which is uh, Activision has. So this is an article from two thousand. So twenty years on, it's still on the internet. Activision have confirmed the final lineup of bands to be featured on the soundtrack for Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two. And then at the bottom, they've got a uh, they've got like clearly a uh, sponsored link so you can go through and buy it or uh, buy it on Walmart. And um, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two for the Game Boy Color is still. Uh, a product page on walmart.com $15.59 so ridiculous um i wonder if you click that you can get an in-stock alert so it's not available right now but they'll send us an email when it comes back into stock so i'll um i'll do that and i'll uh, i'll buy it for my game boy uh my game boy color bloody lovely sweet excellent exactly so yeah um more updates on thrash stuff next week Wonderful, wonderful. Now, boys, I have uh, I have for this week designed a, a mini quiz that is going to span the next three episodes. Bloody hell, how many of, questions uh, is it? Well, here's the thing. Only one of you is going to be quizzed each week. Oh, bum, bum, yeah. bum, bum. Yeah, so that's, that's, that is the joy. Basically, the way this is going to work is there are, um, there are, each week, you're going to be one of you is going to be going to have three rounds. There are going to be three questions in each round, so it's just a mini quiz. You've just got to deal with nine questions each week, but you have a selection of rounds that you get to choose from. Whoever's being asked the question gets to choose the rounds, and I'll tell you the titles of the rounds in a minute. The problem is there are a finite amount of rounds, so each each of the rounds have two sets of questions. So. Whoever ends up on the third week is going to have less choices of rounds to pull from from the person on the first week, meaning that the person on the first week could well choose rounds that they think are more tailored to their tastes and leave someone in the later weeks uh, to uh, you know, have some of the harder harder questions although the the rounds aren't dealt with by hardness they are just uh you know they're they're just different titles so it's joe i'm not gonna lie i've had a glass of wine i've understood nothing about okay. what you've just said <laughs> yeah okay all right <clears throat> just give, me give us questions. an example okay so, what, so. You're, what you're saying is there's three quite that you've done nine rounds of three questions no 
Now, let, let oh. me just explain. So there, there will be, so each week, one of you will have to answer nine questions. Those nine questions will be split into three rounds and you will get to decide what rounds you answer from. So I'll, I'll let you know what the rounds are now. These are the things you can choose to answer questions from. The round titles are Strats, The Rolling Stones, Electro Harmonics, um, Vintage Amplification and Retro Twangers. What do you call me? <laughs> those are the rounds. However, each of those... Each of those subjects only has two sets of three questions. So, for example, if Jay was selected this week, he could choose to answer two of his three rounds on strats, meaning there would be no strats questions for next week. Got it. I see. So whoever ends up on the third round is going to end up with a greatly depleted bank of questions to answer from and they could well end up just having to answer questions on vintage amplification and retro twangers for example this episode of guitar nerds is brought to you by shergold guitars and their latest electric guitar the provocateur celebrated by total guitar magazine as one of the most refined single cuts on the market with endlessly satisfying playability and a flawless set of tones the Shergold Provocateur combines remarkable specification with a retro vibe for a unique and bona fide rock guitar. From the brand that once powered the likes of Joy Division and is now championed by modern guitar pioneers and So I Watch You From Afar and many others, comes a fresh and exciting range of electric guitars. Designed by legendary British guitar luthier Patrick James Eggle and featuring a roasted mahogany neck and a solid mahogany body loaded with USA-made Seymour Duncan pickups, it's easy to see why Guitarist Magazine officially voted The Provocateur one of the best electrics of 2019. You can find your nearest Shergold dealer at shergoldguitars.com and if you're not in the UK, don't fear. Many UK-based Shergold dealers have super awesome international shipping options to guarantee your Shergold will make it to you in the most far-flung of places. Proudly stand out from the crowd and discover yours today at shergoldguitars.com. Shergold Guitars. Be your own original. A homage to the original Ernie Ball Music Man Sabre guitar of the late 70s. Ernie Ball engineers and design team have put a modern spin on the classic instrument for 2020. The Sabre guitar features an Akume body, a carved maple top and custom Ernie Ball Music Man humbucking pickups. Delivering lively, dynamic sound with a striking clarity and sustain. Aesthetically, the Sabre is equally compelling. Its book-matched premium top adorned with natural binding which elegantly highlights the raw beauty of the figured maple wood grain. This is a true player's guitar, offered in the Cobra, Bougie Burst, Honeysuckle and Blue Moonstone finish options. Visit music-man.com to learn more. That's music-man.com. Now, back to the show. How, how are we deciding who goes first? Well, of course, the only way for me to, to do something, to just choose one person, is for me to ask you all an arbitrary question. So it would be the same as rolling a dice, essentially. Okay. Okay? That's the way we're going to decide. So 
what the question will be is I am thinking of a year. It's an important year for uh, for guitars, but of course that really doesn't narrow it down. I'm thinking of a year. I need you each to say a year, and then whoever's closest is going to go this week. So, Fine. <clears throat> so Mark Packham. 1962. Matt Knight. I just got to say a year. Yeah. 1984. J Cross. I mean, you've got to think of a year that's going to be important to music, and you've gone for something in the 80s, Matt Knight. But okay. Uh, I I, I thought you were just. No, no. No, you've done it now, mate. (laughs) I wasn't even listening, to be honest. (laughs) Okay. J Cross. Uh, I also was going to go with 1962, but I will uh, instead go with 1961. I was, in fact, thinking of the year 1962. Of course you were. It's so obvious. (laughs) So don't don't worry. Don't worry. That means that you are going to be next week, J-Cross. And that night will be on the third week. So On the third um, week, he'll rise again. So, Mark Packham, Remind you me now of my categories. Get to, you, you get to choose. Uh, so, here are the rounds. You can choose one at a time. So, you can choose from strats. Why yep. were you thinking of 62? Uh, the, the, because I'm thinking of buying uh, like a, 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 an, old, an old fuzz pedal. And so right. Those, those that old makes maestros. more sense. If you'd have said that, I would have picked a year that you were thinking of. You just said pick a year. <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> I've got no reference. <laughs> I literally said a year that's important for guitars. But okay. Yeah, it's 84, Dan Smith, Strat. <laughs> he basically reinvented the Strat, basically right. just redesigned the modern Strat. Come on, Joe, think I'm about sorry. it. I'm, I'm sorry, Matt, I'm sorry. So, Mark Packham, your round choices are, you can choose Strats, the Rolling Stones, Electro Harmonics, Retro Twangers, or Vintage Amplification. That choice again is Strats, the Rolling Stones, Electro Harmonics, Retro Twangers, or Vintage Amplification. Let's go Strats. Bring it on. He's going straight in with Strats. Okay. <clears throat> first question in the first of the two Strat categories. When was the Fender Stratocaster first released? Bloody hell, Joe. 1950... Four. That is correct. Well yes. done, Mark Packham. Uh, well done. Congratulations. I almost said 1962. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. Well okay, done, so- Mark. You know the year that the most successful guitar <laughs> ever invented was released. Top work there, mate. Okay. I try okay. my hardest. Here we go. Here we go. So he's he's good. A hundred a hundred percent out of hundred points. Question. <laughs> so question two. How many screws were in the original one-ply plate on a Stratocaster? Ooh. Hang on, I need to think about this a minute. Oh, he's going to Google. He's Googling. I can hear him. I can hear him. Seven. Seven? Yeah. You are incorrect, I'm afraid. It's eight. You were very close, though. Very close. Um, But it's okay. You still got 50% of the questions right. So the third and final question in your strats round... Oh, my God. <laughs> Excellent choice here. <clears throat> well done, Mark. What rubber soul track yes. featured a dual Stratocaster solo? Uh, oh, Nowhere Man? Yes, you are absolutely right. It is Nowhere Man. Yeah. Uh, well done. Well done. 
because of course I think that was the first record they got their matching Stratocaster. I believe it was, Joe. You're correct. Uh, wonderful. Well done. So out of strats, you've got two out of the three questions. So now it comes back to the round choice again. So you can actually choose to answer three more questions on strats. The rounds again that you can choose from are strats, the Rolling Stones, Electro Harmonics, Retro Twangers and Vintage Amplification. Joe, I'm going to go strats. He's going straight in with strats. Is this a ploy to uh, to reduce the questions that Jay is going to be good at answering for Jay's round? I don't Excuse know. Excuse me, I'm, I'm very good at questions and that. I'm no, still you good. are, but but I'm saying you would have you would have probably nailed the strats round. But because Mark is taking the second strats round, there will be no more strats questions no, for I'm, you or I'm, Matt. I'm glad because the Rolling Stones are my favourite band. Uh, so I'm I was really worried he was going to choose that. Wow, and well, retro okay. twangers, you know, that's. Um, that's my middle name. Yeah. J absolutely. Retro Twangers Cross. Absolutely. That certainly is your middle name. Okay, Mark Packham. Hello. Shooting straight on with your second choice. This is a second batch of questions um, on Stratocasters. Question one What year was the first Alder Stratocaster produced? Oh. Because the Stratocaster was, of course, originally. Ash. Yeah, I actually don't know the answer to this. I'm so think say, about it. Why would they? Why would you choose? Why would you move to order instead of Ash? Yeah, uh, probably because cheaper and lighter. I'd imagine. Um, I'm going to say 1972. Unfortunately, you were wrong. It was a good stab. It was only two years after the original. It was 1956. Oh, right. okay. The reason the reason was because uh, Ash at the time was very difficult to get a nice clean finish on. They had to repair a lot of holes. There was a lot of pitting, and they wanted to make Sunburst a real mainstay colour of the Stratocaster. Oh, there range. we go. Um, but uh, but nonetheless, a good effort. Number two, question two: What was the third fretboard wood introduced by Fender in 1989? exclusively on the Stratocaster. So this is other than rosewood and maple. When you say exclusively, has it been on other things? Other things since, but yes, this was 1989 was the first time Fender had introduced it. They introduced it just on the Stratocaster then. I'm going to say Pal Ferro. Unfortunately wrong. Again, it was Ebony. Oh, that was my other... Yeah, there you go. There you go. Okay. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Did they put Ebony on? Sorry? What guitar did they put Ebony on? Uh, it was the Elite in 1989. Okay, well, there we go. Oh, there you go. And uh, and uh, question three in the Stratocaster round. What famous Strat player also co-designed the Fender Showman amplifier? Oh. You know this. I actually don't know this. The oh. Showman, famous yeah. Strat player. You get it? Well, I mean, I'd take a stab at a famous... Uh, the showman's been around. From... Which showman are we talking about? Are we talking about talking like about the original the ones? One. Yeah, we're the talking about the first one. Yeah, strap players. Late sixties, late sixties, end of the sixties. Strap yeah. players. Who played a strat? What famous people played a strat? Give me some names. Preferably the answer. <laughs> Kirk Bain. Yep. Sure. Sure. Um, Think about what the showman was like—a really, really sort of twangy amplifier. Uh, was it Dick Dale? It was Dick Dale. Yes. It was Dick Dale. Basically, gave it away. No, uh, well, ridiculous. I, Absolutely ridiculous. I'll give you all. I'll give you all this sort of the, the these clues. Massa- that was fantastic. All this so, sort of mass- mass- so what did I get? Four out of six. So uh, no, you. What, what are you talking about? You got. You've got. You've got three out of six because you got two in the first oh, yeah, round, three one in the six. second. Okay, so fine, three fine. out of six. So you have. So that's the end of that round. You've got. Um, you've half the points possible. We're now back to the round choice. So you can no longer choose strats. Strats is off the table. So you can choose from the rounds: the Rolling Stones, Electro Harmonics, Retro Twangers, and Vintage Amplification. Uh, I'm going to do Electro Harmonics. Electroharmonics, it is. Okay. First question in electroharmonics. <clears throat> what was the first analog echo delay unit with no moving parts? The Memory Man? That is correct. Yes. yes. The first ever echo delay cool. pedal with non moving parts. The Memory Man. Uh, well done, Mark Pack. I'm off to a flying start. So the second question in this and your penultimate question this week um is <clears throat> when was the big muff pie first introduced 1967 unfortunately it was 1969 oh. later than you might think later than you might yep. think in fact really 1970 is the year that most that it's cited as but they did in fact make a kit for it in 1969 so it was kind of a, a sort of semi-trick question but um but there you go uh and the last question the last question that you will answer this week what is the name of electroharmonics tube powered compressor uh they've done a few over the uh, over the years, which one are you looking for? The current one, I guess. Whilst well, Joe's taking a swig, which is what yeah. it sounds like he's doing. Yeah, well, Weirdly, yeah, I think all of them are still current. I mean, they've done a uh, white finger. Uh, they did that with the tubes. Uh, uh, they also did the a white black... finger. They did not do with tubes. No, I'm afraid yeah, that is not. They a did tube. At the black finger. They did that the, with tubes. The black finger was the tube version of the white finger. Yeah, okay. Um, That's what I said. Black finger. There you go. Point to me. No, you said white finger. I mean... (laughs) I don't black, know. black finger is correct, but I'm not sure that's the answer you gave. Fine, never mind. I said <laughs> so, <white finger. laughs> 
<laughs> but no, the white finger is not. The white finger was a was a was a budget non-val version of the black finger. That was kind of the the Fine. idea behind it. Um, but you got one point, which is great. So you've scored a grand total of four points. So all to play for next week. It's not that good, um, is it? Four out of nine. <laughs> <laughs> it's not great. No, wasn't it four out of eight? Did you ask I'm three trying. electronics questions? Sorry? No, you only you asked two electronics questions. Don't you owe yeah. me another question? Yeah, uh, the other the other rounds were three questions. No, you, you did ask me you did ask me. The three memory was three yeah, questions. Yeah, the big did. muff pie and the oh, yeah. and the black finger. He did. Goodness Joe, Matt, are you on a are you are you reading some sort of pedal manual? Are you yeah, not Matt, really paying attention to us here? Joe is just so boring. I can't pay attention. Yeah, fair, fair four enough. Four out of nine—that's that's fine. You know what they say: four out of nine's not bad. No, exactly. That is the expression. So <laughs> next week, that. next week, Matt and Jay, uh, there will be all to play for. Um, you've got left the uh, the Rolling Stones round. You've got both Rolling Stones rounds, which is good. Um, uh, you know, there's plenty of help on the Rolling Stones questions on our recent YouTube videos. Um, you've got one Electro Harmonics uh, question round. There's the Retro Twangers round, which mostly uh, revolves around Dan and Electro, and Vintage Amplification, which um, uh, will revolve around you know everyone from Vox to Selma. So, uh, well, I'll certainly make sure I do some boning up this week. Then, there you go. Do some boning. If I lose, I'm going to say it's because you guys had an advantage of knowing the categories. You had like, the advantage of of choosing the uh, the easy categories. You just got you just got most of the questions wrong. I mean, yeah, I just, you know, that, I just, that's sort of on you. You've had your advantage, mate. You just I just you didn't know. have one or two weeks to research knowing what the categories what, would be. What year the Stratocaster came out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got that one right. That's fine. Yes, no, that's true. Yeah. So of the four questions, two of the questions you got right were when did the Strat come out and what is the name of Electro Harmonics delay pedal? <laughs> I'm good at but this. It was good. Cutting, it edge, was good. Ju- cutting edge journalism from Katana's HQ. Yeah, absolutely. I was trying to throw in some easy ones because I think my quiz was a little bit overly hard um, that, that we did on Facebook the other day. So I'm trying to trying to make this one a little bit more accessible for, for, for everyone. For uh, Anyway, anyway, um, I think uh, we should uh, we should dive headfirst into a big barrel full of news. There, uh, there obviously isn't many new releases in the world of guitars at the moment, but um, the the first one of interest. Uh, well, there are a couple. Of, uh, there are a couple of things actually in your news category. Do you want to talk about effects pedals or guitars? Let's talk about. Let's talk about Bogner um, because we've just been talking about um, Origin Effects. Obviously, have really sort of pioneered their technology in terms of recreating that sort of a valve amp circuit. Um, with all analog components. And Bogner have been doing something similar for quite some time. Um, basically, this is the um, the version 2 of their audio transformer pedals. So a big part of Bogner was actually the custom audio transformer that's inside. So it's 100% analog circuit path, true bypass, but the custom audio transformer basically is a really responsive um, preamp from like a classic mixing console. Um, So if I remember rightly, a lot of these have been designed um, 
by the team at Neve as well. I can't remember if this is oh, part wow. of that series um, as well or not, but I know some of the early ones were. And a big part of that was the Transformer Inside that is designed to recreate the same as I was saying with Origin, that feel and response of plugging into an amp or plugging straight into a desk, which is obviously something that... Um, a lot of other people have tried to create it's the same as the color box from JHS. Um, so you've the there's a couple in that range. The Bogner Harlow V2 is a boost pedal, which has what they call a bloom compression feature. Um, so you've got a three-way toggle switch, which is basically designed to um, alter the kind of feel of the compression. And you can go um, anywhere from a you know a really light boost all the way to kind of really high outputs that's designed to drive your your amplifiers uh, front end. Um, and then if you want a bit more than that, there is the Wessex V2, um, which is basically a little bit more high gain. And then there's a tone altering switch that basically allows you to kind of go between a sort of enhanced tone and just like a neutral tone stack. Um, anywhere from low gain to sort of a little bit more high end. And then the Burnley is their high end, um, high gain version. So that's sort of crunched to much more high gain. But again, the big thing with this is that transformer um, section to kind of recreate the feel um, of plugging into an amp. And I think that's the big thing. A lot of times with high gain, it's very easy to just slam a load of gain on something and you're just like that's just a really distorted guitar signal um and one thing i found with the origin and i'm guessing it's similar with that is that you want it to actually feel dynamic like you were plugging in a lot so many people are using clean pedal platforms now um and this is a way to basically have a driven platform and actually feel like you're plug plugged into a driven amp rather than just putting a load of gain in front of a of a clean amp so yeah really keen to um to kind of give these another go i think i tried them briefly when i was anderson's maybe the v1 versions um they were sort of just coming back into it um but yeah that's they're a, definitely a pedal worth checking out which you don't talk a lot about i guess they're maybe just not on people's radar as much as they should be incredibly but, yeah. reasonably priced unlike the you know the origins effects that we were talking about incredibly reasonably priced these pairs. well the origins are reasonably priced they're just reasonably expensive you oh know. yes yes <laughs> no, yeah i don't mean the, the origin is very much a premium pedal but i just mean these these are alarmingly affordable sort of at 179 dollars uh a pop yeah i don't know um I don't know if that just comes down to country of manufacturer. I don't know where these Bogner pedals are made. I don't know if they're made in the US or not. Obviously, the origin, they are handmade in the UK. That's obviously going to add a little bit um, to the price. Um, but yeah, you know, for what you get, you know, really, really um, well priced. Yeah, um, absolutely. Just looking on the press release here, it looks like a different chassis to the one that is on their website pictured on their website yeah and i just wonder i think the ones on their website are the v1s and the ones in the press release are the v2 so they're the new ones so they've got this kind of more more of a rolled softer edge as opposed to the older ones which have got more of a kind of like uh, i don't know that it looks like the 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 top of the pedal is embossed down on top of the uh like a, a, an outer ring 
Um, it looks like the the newer ones, if that's what it is, is a more kind of all in one looking unit. I don't know. They look both look good, both look really good. So I'd be be interested to know which way around it is. Also, when you look on the website, like there seems to be loads of different colors. Oh, you can you can pay. I think you can pay extra and have a uh, have like an exotic wood top. So I'm just looking on the Burnley on their website. And again, maybe this is just because it's the old V ones, but it looked like you can have a Babinga exotic hardwood top panel um right. yeah really interesting very but yeah interesting. it's um i was just double checking their website yes rupert neve designed um pre uh transformer which if you go on the website looks wicked it it's does like look a, wicked yeah yeah it's like kind of little tiny little transform that you'd you'd see in an amplifier but obviously designed to just be um soldered onto a circuit board but yeah definitely worth if you if you've not checked them out before definitely having a look at some of the bog and pedals they've got a huge range i think one of the big ones that was that popped up a lot for most people with the ecstasy pedals which were their high gain ones based on their amp series um which they did a big version and a small version of um but yeah the the new ones the the wessex the lindhurst and the harlow yeah, as you, as you say, a brand that maybe we don't talk about enough, but uh, these look like a really cool addition. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, we we never really ever talk about the amps. I mean, they've been around for um, probably nearly thirty years now, and obviously, I think at one point they were like one of the biggest brands in America. Um, you know, they had a huge amount of like high end players playing for them, and I think they sort of just died off a bit. I don't know whether that was just not keeping up with the times or anything like that but in the last sort of like five years or so they've really started to kind of reimagine their brand and the kind of amps that they're making it's not just all high gain la metal there's a lot more kind of classic amplifiers in there as well very cool very cool indeed now uh this um this month is the month of the Fender Jazz Strat J Cross, a new a new addition to Fender's weird. Is it called Parallel Universe still? Yeah, Parallel Universe. Yeah, so the Parallel Universe guitars debuted two years ago at NAM, and uh, there were a bunch of kind of weird and wonderful new guitars that were miss, you know, kind of bungles together of old guitars and this, that, and the other, and. It's where the Meteora first came from, which was a guitar that I had for a while. Absolutely loved it. Really, really cool. Really interesting. Really different. And uh, the Parallel Universe Volume 2 were announced at Winternam. And I think, is this the first one of the series that's actually come out? I think it might be, you know, or maybe there was one. I can't remember. I think this might be the first one or it's one of the first ones that's actually shipping. Um, and that is the Jazz Strat. So the Jazz Strat is a uh, kind of a uh, amalgamation of a Jazz Master pickup configuration and tremolo inside the body of a Stratocaster. Uh, it comes in a really amazing look, like like 50s diner, um, uh, what is the colour? Uh, custom Deco Boom. So, oh no, sorry, that's the that is the uh, that is the plate is the Custom Deco Boom Streamline Ivory. Um, Deco Boom, I think are are they a uh, they are a pickguard manufacturer? I think is that right? Just having a quick look myself. Yes, they are. Yeah, Deco Boom make uh, kind of um, boutique pit guards. So they've designed a pit guard especially for this. Um, what is the colour? Mystic Surf Green is the colour. It's very in this elaborate. One. 
Yeah, I mean, it really looks like the counter on a fifties diner. Like, if yes. you go in, you wanna you wanna like be ordering a strawberry milkshake to to drink off of this. Um, although that will probably void your warranty, so I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> recommend doing it. Um, but yeah, basically, it's just uh, you know a guitar for people who like the sound of a jazz master but don't like the look of it. I guess is the uh, is the 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 idea behind this. Much the same in uh, the you know we've seen from other similar parts casters people have done it with the obviously fender did it with the offset telly uh, a couple of years ago and uh there's stuff like the uh nashville nashville tellies which have got a strap middle pickup so yeah just this is a combination that's never been done by fender before and uh it fits really well into that parallel universe looks super weird um and uh i tell you what it looked incredible in person at nam so I would highly, highly recommend checking out if you get the chance. Very cool. Yeah, very cool. I'm really into the Parallel Universe. It's such an, a, a great idea for Fender to just be able to keep doing weird things without having to commit to, you know, like a full production model of anything. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's kind of like it started like that with like the Modern Player series, which were what were they 2014 2015 no maybe even earlier were they yeah definitely that, earlier than yeah that. no it was earlier than that so apparently the modern players were uh, they yeah like i say they kind of started us down this line and then uh, i think fender have just seen that being able to do something a little bit different at a higher price point you just don't make as many of them and you can just go as weird and wacky as you want and uh, this certainly certainly fits the bill but you know also just at face value, it's it's a strap with some hot pickups and a uh, and a block inlaid neck. I mean, what's not to like? Yeah, very cool, very cool indeed. Um, now, uh, Mark Packham, uh, Mad Professor, Mad Professor Amplification, the indeed. pedal, the pedal company. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, Mad Professor um, have uh, well, the way the press release describes it is they're they're using the coronavirus downtime to release some limited edition modded pedals. So. What they're doing essentially, I think, is instead of you know doing R and D and manufacturing and marketing on some brand new designs, um, they're just having a bit of fun with some existing ones. So the Ruby Red Boost and the Sweet Honey Overdrive are getting two or getting a mod each. The Sweet Honey Overdrive uh, includes this new model includes the Fat B mod, um, which is bottom end tweaked to the limit, uh, in, including. Uh, a cl- Sorry, according even to them, um, and the the idea being that tightens up the bottom bottom end, uh, really fat bottom end on uh, overdrive pedal that already sounds really good. Um, yeah, the idea I guess is yeah, uh, harmonically rich overdrive when you dig in um, with a bass adjustment before the drive circuit, so more bottom end going into the drive itself, um, and on the ruby red booster. Uh, they've added the hot mid solo boost, um, which ta- which is tailored for boosting and fattening your solo. So doing some stuff in the mid range there. Essentially, what I think these are are their existing pedals with some changes to some, well, some kind of EQ and gain tweaks. Uh, they're limited edition, so if you want to pick up something that's kind of cool, and you know if you're a big fan of the brand, maybe something to just uh, you know help support them uh, while we're in this period of downtime as well as you know they've got something else on the market that you can buy that is going to be different 
different from the pedals that you've already got. So, so yeah, cool little things. Good way to use the downtime. Um, you know, again, another one of these brands I think we don't talk about enough, really, uh, and they are making cool things. And this is just a nice little tweak and a nice little twist on, on the pedals that they already do. Yes, absolutely. Very cool indeed. Oh, I do love Mabfest. That that Sweet Honey Overdrive is an absolutely incredible overdrive in its native form, let alone, you know, sort of with a with this cool mod. Yeah, and you know, for for a company like Mad Professor who I think uh, you know, just a bit above you know, your small boutique builder, you know, their pedals that, you know, you see them in store and they've obviously got some distribution and things like that. Um for them to be doing these kind of you know they're not like one-offs but i don't think they're making it doesn't say any numbers here i think they're probably just going to make them like until people don't want them anymore or until this yeah. kind of downtime is is over um yeah for them to be doing that i think is a really cool thing very cool indeed now um gentlemen before we uh before we leave this week i can hear the 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 sultry tones is that a word? Sort yeah, sort of sort of word. yeah, but it doesn't mean what you think it means. No. What does it mean? <laughs> Sultry means like seductive. Yeah, oh, that's, yeah, what, that's what I mean. Oh, okay, right, right. Yeah, uh, of the uh, of of the question duck. And uh, Joe, I knew he... you were into some strange things, but okay, <laughs> fair enough. And this duck is ushering in the question segment of this podcast, which we just about have time for. So we're going to try and squeeze in a question. Um, now this is a question that we have been asked before, but I think it's been a few years since we've actually all answered it. So on our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitarnets forum, Damien Light uh, says, asks, says, tell us, demands, he demands, <laughs> tell us, it's a demand. Tell us the piece of gear that you regret selling the most. Jay Cross, let's start with you. This is easy for me. Um, uh, without a doubt, the piece of gear that I regret selling the most is the absolutely fantastic 2005, I think it was, Les Paul Standard that I had. Uh, it was a plain top, trans amber, beaten up really really well played in i got it for a really good deal and i absolutely loved it i loved the sound of it i loved how it played it was just the right weight most importantly for me when it comes to a les paul is it was a plain top so it didn't have any of that stupid over the top flame that everybody seems to like yeah which yeah. i and just trans amber cannot it's just stand and yeah 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 it just it was the just the plainest looking Les Paul standard it was absolutely amazing and I, the reason I sold it was because I found a really good deal on a 2013 Les Paul traditional which was a guitar that at the time I really coveted I thought that it was we talked about it a bunch when it first came out I said that I went out there and said that it was the best Les Paul it was the best spec in our lifetime and maybe even longer than that i i thought it was just the absolute best les paul those traditionals are fantastic no chambering uh no bells or whistles it was just a really chunky neck really heavy wicked les paul just absolutely the greatest spec i just didn't get on with it when i bought it and unfortunately i had to sell the standard to buy the traditional and i didn't end up keeping the traditional that long i ended up selling it to someone and um 
I just I really, really regret selling that standard. And insofar as I've gone back through all the email accounts I can find, I've gone through back through my phone trying to find the phone number of the geezer that I sold it to to try and buy it back. <laughs> but I've never been able to find it. And it was someone who lived in Brighton. I, I He used to come into the shop quite a lot when we weren't there. Oh, but yeah. uh yeah and i've been able to find it and so i've actually been kind of on the hunt again for for something to buy, to to replace it recently and i've got my eye on something that i'm thinking about maybe maybe having a little look at but but we'll see i know but, what uh, you've, pointed that, you've pointed that you've pointed that out to us and we we won't say what it is because, no no of course not of course <laughs> because not. It's, it's it's on the internet available to buy but um you absolutely should jay cross it, it does it would it's be just expensive fantastic, but it is it's just expensive it's so. not for what it is it's not expensive mm. for what it is you should, uh, yeah, we'll have to see. It. We'll have to see. But uh, but yeah, for me, that Lesbos standard was fantastic, and that's my that's my big regret. Mm, I see. Okay, Matthew Knight. Matthew Knight. Next oh, up. Oh, don't make me tell the story again. <laughs> um, <laughs> so one 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 thing that's um, been interesting, actually, uh, me and Joe have been recording um, the Patreons recently about guitar pedals. That, that made us and it's made me dig through a bunch of um old photos like i've got like i've been taking photos of my guitar rig since i think the day i first bought a guitar home i wish i had a picture of my court and my pv um but i don't i don't think it's probably anything i don't have a picture of um and it made me realize actually i think i've got a load of pictures at home so when this is all over i need to go home and grab a bunch of the really early pictures of stuff but it flashed up a picture of the 2010 i want to say it's 2010 limited edition Na- uh, winter nam esquire uh mike eldred hot rod mods that they did um so they did a hundred guitars in um 20 colors five of each color um wow for, that is so limited for winter nam and we had one in, in gax not long after i started we had one in sonic blue and so it was like a kind of like a v-neck um it was top bound only had a billy gibbons bg 1400 bridge pickup so it's like a like a really high output um kind of humbucker um just really nicely relic it had the mike eldred um esquire um they called it the cocked wire mod so you basically in the bridge position it like fixed a particular capacitor to give you this kind of like really like um like pronounced mid-range almost like you had a wire on and um, at the time when I started, I just knew I'd never be able to afford it. But it was always a guitar, like, in the back of my mind. And one day, one came up on eBay. And I was just like, I have to buy it. I have to buy it. I have to go. And so I got the train to somewhere in Kent and went to a, a theatre where this guy was doing this, like, tour. I can't remember. He's doing, like, some band tour. It was, yeah, it was like, a, one of those, like, Whitney Houston tours or, or something similar, you know, where they do all the covers and the whole stage show. And he was like, yeah, I'm just not <laughs> using it. And uh, I bought it, took it home, best guitar ever. And then one day I got uh, blinded by the opportunity to buy an original 1972 telly, which I also found pictures of. And I was just like, 
oh my god, I have to buy this original 70s telly. I think it was like original owner, the guy bought it in, he's like, I'm not using it, I just want to buy, I want to sell it and just get like a guitar that I don't have to worry about, whatever. And I was like, I just, I can't afford to, I've got other guitar, I just can't afford to have both. Because I think, you know, I, I can't remember how long I'd had the Esquire for, but about five up, minutes, I think. Yeah, it may well have been. I can't remember. I was just like totally blinded by the fact that I needed to buy this vintage telly. And Jay was like, don't do it. And I was like, I must do it. And, I, you know, you know, when you just, I mean, Joe Brandon goes there every week. You know, it's just like, I have to buy it. I have to buy it. <laughs> and um, I put the Esquire up for sale through GAC, sold it, I think, I think one of the guys at the time who's working in GAC was going to buy it. And I was like, please buy it because I think he was like, look, if I, at least if I buy it, then you always know that I've got it. Then if you want to sell it, it'll always go back to me. And then he was like, I really can't. I think he undenied for like a couple days and he was like, I really can't afford it. So I put it on the wall and I think someone walked in and I think Jay sold it. Like instantly, and the guy was like, "This is the exact guitar spec I've been looking for." And as soon as he played it, I was like, "I've made a horrible mistake." <laughs> I knew instantly. I knew instantly, and I think it was bizarre because even though I knew and I had the seventies telly and I was playing it every moment, every minute that I picked up that seventies telly, as much as I knew it was a cool guitar, it just got worse and worse the more I played it. Oh, and I don't think the guitar, and I was, and I was like, I'm never going to find one of those Esquires again. And the thing was, they actually did do. I mean, they obviously did 20 colours, um, and I've never seen another one. That's the only one I've ever seen secondhand, and I've never ever seen another one. So um, for me, that was the ultimate like heartbreak. I tried. I tried. I tried. I know. And sometimes, I mean, it's made me realise as well, like. I wish I had the 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 job and the income to never sell anything. Like some of the gear that I had looking through photos, I was like, man, I literally wouldn't be able to live in my flat if I'd have never <laughs> if I'd have never sold anything. I've had so many amps. And like I was looking at old pedal boards, like I forgot I owned these pedals at one point. You definitely buy and sell amplifiers an unusual amount. Well, I I, I actually have like not sold a I've like sold the odd pedals and stuff, but amps. Yeah, I was buying and selling a lot of amps because I never really settled on anything until I most people don't because you can't really post them, you know. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, I think you know we were in a situation where it's like, you know, we had courier services we can use, and to be honest, I've used um, um, like Parcel to Go to ship stuff recently, and it's been all right. But I've kind of settled on on amps and and guitars. But that for me was the one, the other gear that I wish I'd never sold purely because the value has gone up so much was I had a couple of the big Mooga Fuga pedals. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, man, as soon as I discontinued them, everyone went, yeah, I'm going to sell mine now for double the price. <laughs> More than that. Um, they go for like sort of oh, like 600 quid, man. 700 quid oh, at the man. moment. Yeah. It's and, crazy. and yeah, you, when you, when you can't get them and just everyone wants them and occasionally they come up on, platforms and you might be able to sneak in there and get them cheap but still not they've never gone down in value basically and they were like 400 500 quid then yeah um but yeah we all do stupid things now all i really want is that that esquire if one came up i would would you sell your valentine for it a- absolutely you sell your Uber? 
We sell your cat. We sell the straw. Oh, the cat would be, yeah. I would you sell your do, dad? Uh, would you sell <laughs> your mum? Yeah. Um, yeah, the Esquire. And even, I think I even spec'd a couple of like custom shops when um, I was working at GAC and they still never came close to that that guitar. It had a real feel about it. And now I just want to cry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry we made you relive this very, right, very hard time for you. Because every time I tell that story about once every year or 18 yeah. months on this it, podcast, it, and I'm we, hoping that new people have listened since then and someone yeah. might have one. To be and, honest, uh, do it every time. Every time I put out a post about uh, to get questions from the group, this question comes up. So I don't often put it in our listing, but I figured it had been long enough, and uh, and I realised I can't actually remember what Mark Packham's is. Hello. Uh, actually, I think I'm going to talk about a different one because I normally talk about the '78 Telly that I had to sell to buy a washing machine. Uh, <laughs> really annoying, um, but it was a thing that happened. That was sort of my own fault, so that's absolutely fine. The one that I uh, am kind of hankering after at the moment and regretting uh, is the 1980. I want to say Rickenbacker 4000 that I sold to a guy in Brighton. Um, uh, the reason I'm kind of hankering after it at the moment is I'm, as well as listening to a load of thrash stuff, I've been marathoning Beatles albums like over and over. And I've been doing it while I work and I've got like a fairly decent pair of headphones and just listening to all everything that's going on with the bass end and anything where McCartney's using the Rick is just sounds amazing. So, yeah. Is I'm that 4,000 ha- then? No, no, no. That's like a four thousand one, um, okay. and the the, the four thousand sounds a bit different. But I kind of prefer how that sounds. Uh, it's, it's got it's kind of a Ricky cross with a P bass, so you know, a good sound. Um, so while you guys were talking, I've been scrolling back through the timeline on Facebook of the guy that I sold it to to see <laughs> if there's any photos of him recently with the uh, with the bass. And if not, I might drop him a little message and say he's definitely still got it. Has he definitely still got yeah, it? Like, that's yeah, yeah, thing. yeah. Has I'm. I'm like 95% sure he's still got it. I'm, that, I'm sure I've seen him put pictures up of it. That's what I was trying to determine, but I can't see anything from... I mean, he posts I'm, a lot yeah. on Facebook, so... Yeah, I'm pretty sure he does still have it. Okay, I might drop him a message and say, look, have you still got this? Because I don't think he gigs anymore, so let's, uh, let's see. Let's see if I can bring that one back into the fold and make everyone happy. That would be... Yes, you should definitely do that. Just pulling, pulling that right back to Tony Hawk's... I know we've talked about this recently, but those Rick and, it's so funny how many band how many like punk bands at that time and maybe, you know, sort of ten years earlier were using Rickenbackers and you just yeah. don't see it now. You just don't really see and I wonder if it's just they're too much money. But you just don't really see punk bands playing Rickenbacker four thousand threes and then that they're was, loads of money. They're yeah, that kind of on on that question do you think that bass more than guitars gets like a a single bass becomes uh, the instrument of a genre like like more so than a guitar does no with bass it's different because you know the precision bass is the greatest musical invention of the 20th century so it's kind of it's kind of difficult because if you're not using a p bass you're clearly an idiot (laughs) so that i think is an unfair comparison but a, but a genre might be defined by like like you know for example you know the Beatles and the Rolling Stones the two biggest bands in the world don't use Fender basses in fact the two biggest bands in the world don't use Fenders you know so it, like for, for bass players which which is you know a, a, like a massive knock on the statement that the P bass is the is the best bass in the world 
I think uh, those are different times, though. Do you know what I mean? Like when the musical instruments were kind of less homogenized. Um, whereas, you know, now you go for the big brands and, you know, if you're... And also music to an extent, like... You know, you look at bands and you go, okay, they play P basses. I'll just get one of those. That sounds great. Um, yeah. Whereas then it was like, you know, the reason Paul McCartney has a Hofner bass is like, that's what you could get. You could, yeah, yeah. You were... pro- there was no Fender distribution in the, yeah. uh, until the mid 60s, I think, in the UK. But yeah, even when given like a choice, he didn't opt to play Fender. He had one for a brief time and didn't like it. Well, Famously yeah, didn't like it. I mean, I think that's personal preference, and actually, that changes uh, later on because there is a jazz knocking around uh, in the studio. There's a jazz used on some stuff, uh, and the bass six, obviously, as well. Not McCartney, but um, the Beatles yeah, used the bass six quite a yeah, lot. Harrison played end. it when Paul McCartney was playing piano. Uh, yeah, and John Lennon as well. There's quite a lot of that. Um, so, but uh, you know, I I think that's a. I think it's a hard question to answer, Joe. Um, but yeah. yeah, all I'm saying is I want to get a Ricky, and I don't. I want to get that one that I used to have because it's really good. Well, you definitely, definitely should get it. Now, maybe, maybe I'll answer my one. That, in fact, to be honest, you know that I, I have too many to really answer, and that really is um, uh, it for for us for this week on the free episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast. So you can, of course, listen to an entire extra episode of Guitar Nerds every week over on our Patreon site on patreon.com forward slash Guitar Nerds, um, and you can also find that in the description of this podcast. This week on our patreon episode um me and matt will be continuing our trip down memory lane in uh, the pedals that made us as we as we talk about i think i think this week we'll be we'll be talking about our first foray into individual stomp boxes which will be quite fun um, and you can in, you can you can join us on Patreon at the one dollar tier. You can get this episode uh, early and ad free every week. At the five dollar tier, you can listen to things like the pedals that made us, our gear of the decade series, all of the bonus content that we create. And at a ten dollar tier, you can become an executive producer and enjoy all those benefits, plus the prestigious honor of having your name featured in our podcast outro song. Isn't that wonderful? You can follow us on all the major social channels. At at guitar nerds at 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 at, and you can join us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum. Thanks very much for tuning in this week, gang. We'll uh, we'll be back next week with more of this guitar nerdery. Farewell. Bye, Cheers, gang. Stay lucky. Desperado, rough body, you look at that, and none of this is gonna display the running is
Lynn, Scott Kennedy, Christopher Lowset, Hans Ams and Derek Rich. Oh, Rob Nordvik, Steve Marker, J.D. Shorts and Robin Smith. Carlos Mancha, Brad Page, Natalie McKenzie, Scott O'Brien, Paul Corrigan, Will Trevor, Will Kravitz. Nuggets on us. Ship it up a kind of line of nuggets on us. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.